The following podcast is a Clutch Media production. Welcome to They Get It. My name's Kelsey, and my co-host Emma and I love direct-to-consumer brands. Whether it's an amazing customer experience or a really killer social strategy, this podcast will feature the brands and founders who just get it. I don't know who else is getting 9 million recruiter DMs every week um, lately, but I just feel like the hiring game is on a whole new level. And every single time I open up LinkedIn, people are announcing new roles. And I know that hiring right now is kind of a nightmare because there are so many companies just willing to throw money at these candidates. I think everyone's kind of like contemplating life right now and making a bunch of major moves. Yeah, absolutely. And I've seen a bunch of people say like, oh, is this mass exodus coming? Like, are people going to be leaving their jobs now that things are starting to go back to normal? Like, it's not coming. It's here. Like, I see oh, shit it's here. every day. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really interesting. It's really interesting as to like why this is happening and what it's going to mean. And I think, yeah, in this episode, we try to just kind of chat through our thoughts on it. and kind of some suggestions for how to approach it. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was a fun one. It was a fun one, a different one and a fun one. And with that, let's get into it. Let's do it. Okay. So just a little bit of update. Me and Kelsey live together, but I've actually been home at my parents' place in Saskatoon for the past few weeks. So we haven't been having our like daily conversations the way we usually do. So we thought we'd use this episode as an opportunity to kind of talk through just things we've been learning and thinking about lately. And it's kind of just us catching up, to be honest. Literally us doing our catch up that normally would happen between meetings. And now we get to do it with all of our friends on air. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And we hope it's relatable because we've been hearing a lot of the things we want to talk about, I think. Um, Yeah. And something that I've been seeing all over the place, like I've seen TikToks about this, I've seen listened to podcasts about it, is just like this idea of changing course and your 20s, like your 20s are kind of painted to be these super fun years where you just do whatever you want, you live your life and blah, 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 blah. But in reality, it's like, no, your 20s are actually super confusing and oh, yeah. it's like you finish university and then it's like, then what? And everyone goes off in these different directions. And I think navigating that can be so hard, especially when it's this thought of like, you have to make a decision and stick with this. Like, if this is the career path you're choosing, you're choosing it and you're going for it. And I just think, I think we're starting to see a lot of people push back on that rhetoric, which is great. Well, like, think about it. When I came out of school, it was like, I was just happy to get a job offer. Like, Mm -hmm. I was not doing my life's work for, you know, pennies um right out of school and so to to hold yourself to that standard just seems like a little crazy no exactly and I think like COVID especially it gave us all this reminder that like life can change at the drop of a hat and I think for a lot of people especially you know living in Canada living privileged lives we haven't necessarily experienced that level of like uncontrollable change Um, and I think it opened a lot of people's eyes to be like, oh, wait, I actually don't really like what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Well, we even had friends that moved, 
you know, to different cities and everything when they were working um, with us before. And they were like, when you don't have like the snacks and the social events and like the friend groups to just go kind of sit and talk with throughout the day, do you actually like your day-to-day job? And I think for so many people being out of the environment allows them that clarity to realize like, no, this is actually not for me. I loved all of the like perks and benefits, but I don't love the job and that's okay. Exactly. And I think it's actually like, it's great because it forces a lot of like uncomfortable decisions that have to be made, you know, like, cause so many people have these comfy jobs that they're, they can do and they're capable of doing, but they don't really enjoy. And then it's this question of like, okay, am I going to stay somewhere where I'm comfortable or am I going to take a risk and actually pursue something I'm interested in? And I think those decisions are so hard to make, but I think so many more people are faced with making that decision right now, simply because of what the environment has been for the past year. Well, yeah, I was actually just talking to a recruiter and it is an absolute fire sale. Like, Every single person is leaving. Companies are just throwing money at people to try and land them. And it's like, what caused this massive uproar in career shifts? I think personally that it's COVID fatigue. I think people are tired. They're burnt out. They haven't had a break. They haven't had a change of scenery. A lot of people have kids running around. They're ready to pull their hair out. And they're like, no, this job is not it. Because like that's the one variable that is within their control right now. And I think it, it's like almost kind of scary mm-hmm. to think about um, how that opinion is going to change or like if this was like the shift that needed to happen or if people are doing it because they're burnt out. Like it, there's no way to know. And it's so hard to tell. Yeah, no, it's such a good point. It's like, where exactly is this coming from? I'm not sure, but seeing it everywhere. Like, I swear, every time I go onto Twitter, every time I go onto LinkedIn, like, there's so many people who are just making moves. And yeah, it's inspiring. And I think, like, the biggest thing that I want to remind listeners, if you're in the same spot, is, like, you can, there's nothing in life very few things in life are irreversible. Okay. I'm not going to say nothing. Like if you have a kid that, you know, that's, you know, whatever, but you can try things and that doesn't mean you have to decide that for the rest of your life. And I think when you take away the pressure of like making it such a big decision of like, okay, this is a thing I'm pursuing. You just get to play around with different things and you give yourself that opportunity to explore more and, I think experience is the best teacher. So the more opportunities you can have to like try out different things, the better chance you're going to have of finding something that you actually really like. And I think a lot of time you can't figure that out just by like sitting around and twiddling your thumbs and thinking about what you might want like to do. How do you think, how do you think careers would change for like new grads, for example, if it was never a career, it was just like a series of two year projects. And at the end of your two years, you could go try out something totally different. How do you think people would act or behave differently? Hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. I think more than anything, it would just take a lot of the pressure off. And I think people would probably be like more comfortable going after what they're actually interested in knowing that it's actually expected for you to change course in two years. I I don't know. I think that could be really beneficial. I think two things. 
I think you're right. I think people like the barrier to entry would be gone because everyone is constantly like industry changing or role changing and all that stuff. I think that could be actually really cool. I think what people wouldn't be prepared for is this whole idea of like finding your passion not existing. (laughs) Maybe I'm just cynical and like... Hmm too pessimistic, but I was reading like way back. I was in Greece on this beautiful beach. So you can imagine the epiphanies I was having as I was reading this (laughs) book. It's called So Good They Can't Ignore You by Cal Newport, who shout out is one of my favorite authors. And he was talking about how passion is taught, not caught. And I know that sounds a little like woo woo, but the whole principle is that you develop passion through work ethic and familiarity. And so if people Mm -hmm. would just like go put in the work in whatever different vertical they are in, they're going to find passion in it. Whereas like, I feel like that's so counter what I was taught growing up. It's like, you can be anything you want. If you're passionate about being an astronaut, go do that. And it's like, okay, well, how many kids are actually going to go put on a spacesuit and be an astronaut? Right. Mm -hmm. Just unrealistic. Yeah. And okay. Let me know if I'm following here. Like I'm kind of hearing that maybe people assume if they follow their passion, it's going to be easy and it'll all just fall together. But really it's about like actually how you're pursuing that and being strategic in the way that you're like going after what you want. Mm -hmm. I think so. And I think, I think so many people are like, Oh yeah, I guess I'll be in tech, but my real passion is food. For example, I'm just making Mm -hmm. this up. My real passion is food. And it's like, well, if you're in two year increments, Go try food. See if it really is your passion or if anything you do is going to feel like a job. And then it's a matter of like reframing your mindset instead of trying to find your passion or being upset that you can't go find your passion. How do you make whatever it is you're doing more exciting and interesting? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, it's a good thing to think about. And I think like at the end of the day, nothing in life have, nothing in life comes easy even if it's something that you're like deeply passionate about. And I think that's something that is important to be reminded of that, like just because it's something you really want doesn't mean you're just, it's just going to fall from the sky and like be a simple thing to pursue. And I think a lot of the time too, like if it's something you're deeply passionate about, it's also going to be very vulnerable pursuing that because it's something you care so much about. Like, I think a lot of the time it's easier to fall into like a comfortable role that has a clear path of growth and is just like, not really what you care about, but it's just something that is easy or easier. It's not as risky. Yeah. Okay. But now I'm thinking, and actually I'm going back to a session that I had with Patty way back, probably like 2017. Um, But this whole idea of like your twenties being like, well, if you don't do it now, you won't like, like, especially in entrepreneurship, if you don't launch a business now, you're not going to do it when you have kids 10 years later, you're not going to do it then. And it's like, oh my gosh, I'm like suffocating myself out of my 20s by thinking that I have to cram so much into it. When really, if you look at all these successful entrepreneurs, like there's no expiration date. There are literal people who are launching businesses at 50 years old and having all the success in the world. I think that's the yes. next like version of the shift that we need to break. Yes, it is so true. And I think like a long-term outlook is so important and admittedly something I haven't had. Like I have so many things I want to do in my life. And yeah, like you said, I'm putting this pressure on myself to like, okay, I need to start that now. I need to start that now. And it's like, with what time? Like I have (laughs) no time to focus on any more things. And if I tried to, the quality would fall. It's like, 
yes, I'm going to school to be a therapist and we have this podcast and I would love to launch a product business someday. And I also have my full-time job and I'm also interested in fashion. It's like, I don't need to pursue all of those things at once. You can't. You literally can't. You will shrivel up and die. It's too much. Yeah. And it's like, chances are there's certain things on the list of things I want to do in my life that I will not be able to do even remotely well until I have a lot more experience Hmm. under my belt of just like living life. You know, like even the thought of being a therapist, it's like, okay, there's certain things now I, I would feel comfortable helping people with, but there's a lot of things like I don't really feel ready to to help people with because mm-hmm. I still have a lot of life to live. And I think it's, yeah, it's a matter of like figuring out what the thing you want to focus on is right now and being hyper-focused on that and letting the rest like still inspire you still, you know, you can still want to do those things and plan to do those things in your life, but you don't have to do it all right now. And I think that's mm-hmm. something we don't hear that much. Yeah, you don't hear that much. And like, think of even being a woman and how many moms are praised for like, you have it all. You have a clean house. You have the kids. You have your career. How do you juggle everything? And it's like, maybe she's tired, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe, maybe she feels like she's half-assing every single thing she does in her life, which is something we hear all the time. And like, what if life doesn't have to be like that? And granted, yeah. I'm 27, no kids like all the freedom in the world. So that might just be my like super naive brain talking, but this is like hyper relevant to this book. I just finished called deep work again, Cal Newport shout out twice in one podcast. I think that's a record. (laughs) He literally talks about how like trying to be a master of everything will make you a master of none just because that's not how our brains work. And with social media and all of this like distraction culture, we're like slowly losing our ability to focus and to actually be productive. So I don't even know you're doing like five jobs right now. There's no way that you can sustain that without burning out. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And like, it's not admirable in my opinion. Like I think, Mm -hmm. you know, someone like me or like anyone who's got like five or six things on the go, it's like, is that really the best way to be going about things? And I think for me, like I've had to challenge myself to be like, you can relax. You don't have to do everything right now. Like I'm really trying to drill that into my brain right now because I think people who are really focused on one thing are the people who are going to get the best outcomes at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, oh my gosh, this is like making me think of so many things. You know, the worst thing in the world for this is your what's new friends. Like the people who call you up and they're like, so what's new? And you're like, uh, 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 like I have um, this new business that I'm thinking about. I haven't launched that yet, but maybe. And you feel like you have to like come up with things that are new to entertain these people. It's like, how backwards is that? Yeah, it's like, maybe you're just living life. Maybe you're, <laughs> you know, fostering your friendships. And maybe you're trying to spend more time outside. And you're reading books or like whatever it is. I think, yeah, it's so true. It's like. Especially I think when you are, when your network is generally full of pretty ambitious people, Mm -hmm. even if those people are like overall very supportive, it's almost like, yeah, this expectation of like, okay, what are you doing now? It's like, what if I'm not doing anything right now? I literally (laughs) don't know how to turn it off. Like time is my worst enemy. And if I had more of it, I feel like I could cram so much more in. Like, how do you, how do you go from like idolizing hustle culture to switching gears 
I don't know. I think I think a lot of time life forces you to. Like, I know for me, I just hit an absolute wall probably about a month ago. And I was like, this is not working. And I think I was just running on adrenaline up until that point of like, okay, I'm going to do this and this and this tomorrow. And it's going to be great. And then I'm going to pencil in this. And it's like, why don't you like, no, like, and then I I couldn't even (laughs) relax. Like I would try to relax and I couldn't. I know we've talked about this in other episodes before too. It's like, you feel like guilty for then taking time to like not be pursuing your goal. And I don't know exactly how to proactively stop that before you're at the point where your body forces you to. Mm. I don't know. But it almost, it does feel like this cyclical thing of like, I get super motivated and then I sign up for like five or six projects and I'm super excited about all of them. I'm going to do them all. And then I just bought them out for like three, four weeks. And then I pick back up again. And it's like, that's not fun. And it's, it's not actually like, it's not sustainable. It's not driving me towards getting closer to completing these things, to be honest. Yeah. Do you feel like you have a series of like unfinished projects? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I have like <laughs> 80 million things I want to be doing at all times. I genuinely yeah. didn't know the answer to that. Cause like, it, in my opinion, I mean, I live with you. I think I know you pretty well. You seem so organized and you like check a box and it's done. And you're like, so methodical with how you approach things. So it's interesting to hear that in your mind, it's just not that simple. No, I'm never, I'm never caught up hmm. ever. But anyways, yeah, you feel like you're drowning. How could you not? Yeah. And, and I do think the answer, like, this is something I need to practice more, but it's just like choosing the one or two things that you're focused on and just leaving the other stuff. It's so hard. Cause it is, it's just like, I want to do all these things. They're all so mm. interesting. <laughs> I'm going to give you deep work. I'm going to give okay. it to you. And then your whole perspective is going to shift. The one, the one gripe I have complaint is like, he's an author and a researcher. And so like, when you want to go lock yourself in a cabin in the woods and not bring your phone and have no way to communicate with the outside world, you can do that. You know what I mean? Like it's more realistic. Whereas for me, I literally get paid to talk to partners all day. Mm -hmm. And like, if I I cut myself off from that, I'm not getting any money. And so that's a problem. But I think there's a happy medium in here somewhere where it's like, you've got your non-negotiables which for me, I think might be like a partner call during the day. And then you've got your flex time. And one of the interesting principles from deep work is he's like, flex time is not, not an actual thing. He's like, you need to be so specific with what you're doing. And so like, instead of just like leaving your gaps up to chance, you literally build in relaxation time or watching TV time or something like that, where you can like, when your mind is in that block, you can truly shut off and know that there's nothing else you're supposed to be doing because everything else is blocked. And that's the part where I'm like, okay, I think I can get behind this. I think in my extra three hours this afternoon, I can get one project most of the way done and I can schedule the rest for tomorrow. But trying to do 10 projects in three hours is just like, sorry, not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. How do you set the bar at a reasonable level? Like it's like, I feel like I don't even know what that is. I'm like, oh, I can get these eight things done in the next hour. And if I can't, it's because I'm not focused enough. It's not because mm-hmm. it's physically impossible. <laughs> That's the worst part is like so many people think that being focused is like a, a personality trait or it's like, a, 
you know, a biological thing. And every single book I read and every podcast I listen to, they're like, it's a muscle, you have to build it. I'm like, yeah, but that sucks. So no wonder. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's like, the principles are easy to understand. Putting them into action is so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Are you still speaking of, of um, putting things into action? Are you still leaving your phone outside of your No. <laughs> <laughs> See, it is hard. It is hard. And it's even as simple as like, I changed my environment and I'm at yeah. my parents' place now. And like, I haven't just set it up yet. And it's oh. like, if I set it up, I'd probably do it, but I haven't. I haven't like literally just taken that step in like the three weeks I've been here. I'm so scared to go home because my parents, they're going to the cottage. It's going to be beautiful. They're going to be on the beach. So like, I want to be there, but I know when I go home, I eat terribly. I'm eating burgers and hot dogs and sausages and like the most, not, I shouldn't say disgusting foods, but like not the kind of stuff that I would cook for myself. And I know that the minute I change my environment and I go back to that, I'm going to revert to being 18 years old again Mm -hmm. and not prioritizing all this progress I've made. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I feel that majorly. But I think where I was at, I had to, because like, I couldn't even keep up with life anymore. Like I was like, I couldn't even like go buy groceries thinking about cooking for myself. So I just like wasn't doing any of that. And now that I'm home, I'm like, mom, I want a grilled cheese for lunch. And then it just makes like the busyness of the things I'm doing, like work wise and other projects wise and school wise, just so much more manageable. Oh yeah. That's not good. Like it shouldn't have to get to that point, but. I think there's something to be said for that though. Like, I think, I think you don't always need to bang your head against the wall when something's not working. You owe it to yourself to change up some variables. And for you, it was like your environment, your location. And like, look at you now, you're in such a better place. And so I don't, yeah, I don't think that's a bad thing at yeah. all. No, it's true. And I think that comes back to like the whole like career conversation and how we're seeing so many people make shifts. It's like, oh, yeah, even if you're not sure if it is your job, that's the thing, like, just start just start considering it as an option that you could change. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean you have to, but just like if you could, what would that look like? And what would you be doing in a perfect world? And then the thing is, you might actually find that that's not that hard to figure out. Like I think just creating space for yourself to consider the options um can really open the doors of like, okay, so this is what I want to do and actually like that could be doable. Give an example. Like, what are you thinking? I think having a nine to five has a lot of benefits. I think, especially for people who need a consistent income, you know, whether they're they have kids to provide for, they have a mortgage to pay, like they have to have that predictability. And so, I I think for a lot of people, that is what works best. But I also think for people our age who are maybe you know have more flexibility, it's like you can start creating content and you can create a blog and then you can create affiliate links and you can start generating income that way. And you can start sharing like whatever it is you want to share. And then you could start doing some freelancing and taking on projects that you're really interested in. And there's like, I think freelancing is a a type of work that's becoming more like operationalized in a sense of like, People are seeing that as more of a viable option. Okay, I don't know where I'm going with this. 
<laughs> I think I think talking about freelancing is important and how like even if you look at um, like content creators in LA, nobody has one job. That's like such mm-hmm. a thing of the past. I literally talked to these guys. Um, like I'm, I shouldn't say these guys. There's one guy that I'm thinking of, and he's like, yeah, I just take projects, and his whole life is a series of like happenstance projects that just get like slapped onto his plate and he does the coolest stuff exactly exactly like there's just there's so many different ways to create a stable living than working a nine-to-five at a company like obviously starting a physical product business Mm -hmm. is one of those ways and that's like a lot of what we talk about on this show and the guests we have on But that is just one of the ways, like that's not the only path to being an entrepreneur. I think it's a great one. Um, But like, if you like graphic design, like you can create templates for Canva and sell those and you make them Mm -hmm. once and then they keep generating you income. And then once you've made those, you can go focus on the next thing. Maybe it's taking on, you know, freelancing work or it's writing about how to set things like whatever it could be. There's so many different ways. It doesn't have to be just working at a company. Even affiliates, like literally talk about all of the affiliate networks that you can join and like how those work. Oh, there's a million. Like there's not only product affiliates. So let's say like you even have a bit of a following on Instagram or TikTok or Twitter or whatever it is, a blog. Um, And there's a product you really like, like just go Google that brand name and their affiliate program and see what comes up. You're probably going to find that they have an affiliate program and they'll pay you a kickback if people buy with your link. But that's not only for products, like it can also be for services. Like what's that partner stack? Um, There's so many different affiliate programs you can sign up for on partner stack that are like just different like SaaS products. Like let's say you love using Grammarly. Literally you can create an affiliate code for that. And if you talk about it, you make a TikTok about it or something all of a sudden you can start generating revenue. Mm -hmm. Easy, easy money. And that's the thing is like, we're kind of like talking out of both sides of our mouth a little bit. Like, yes, there are so many options and it's so hard to prioritize, but you also can't do everything perfectly at a hundred percent. And so I think, I think the purpose of like this conversation and why we're talking about this is just to show you that you do have options and it's not to say you have to do everything all at once. Exactly. Exactly. And I think it's thinking outside the box of it. I'm just like, yeah. okay, if I, if I were to set up my days in a perfect world, and this is obviously assuming if you went like the digital marketing route with like affiliates and that sort of thing, it's assuming you can build an audience for that. If you don't have an audience, it's mm-hmm. not going to get very far. You know, like there's a lot of caveats. It's not to say this stuff's easy, but it's to say that like, if there is something you're really passionate about pursuing and you don't feel like it's an option and you feel like there's too many constraints, just start thinking past those and just see what might come forward because you might surprise yourself. I think that's because, yeah, like you said, you don't want to sign up to do 8 million different things because you're probably setting yourself up for failure. But Mm -hmm. just think of like, try to take yourself out of the box you're putting yourself in because you're probably the one putting yourself in that box. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 9.9 out of 10 times. That's the case. And so there's your call to action. Think about maybe even do like a bit of a wish list, all the things that you wish you could do on a daily basis. Look at 
the themes or the commonalities with all of them and find a way to to test it. Doesn't mean you have to go literally like start a huge empire and sink thirty thousand dollars into a new product, but there are so many ways to get like an MVP or like a minimum viable product of any of these kind of freelance jobs, affiliate marketing, whatever it might be, you owe it to yourself to go try. Exactly. And I think this type of working is really catching on. So there's just more resources every day. Like this girl I follow on TikTok, Small Business Tips. She has so many different options of like different ways to generate income and different tools to use and different courses. And like, you have to be careful with that stuff because a lot of it is gimmicky. But Mm -hmm. I think there are some really good ones, especially as this is starting to gain popularity. And I think, yeah, like, like we've been saying, it's just something that's been top of mind for us because we're seeing so much of it happen right now. Like something's going on. (laughs) A lot of people are, are considering or just kind of rethinking their life. And I think it's awesome, but it's also really scary to navigate. So hopefully this kind of, at least you feel like you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Definitely not alone. Hundreds of people are feeling this way. I mean, LinkedIn is a testament to that. So just got to band together and see where we go. I think a lot, because we've just rambled for like half an hour. And if you've made it this far, God bless you. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Anyways, um, I think what it comes back to is like, think about the why before you're thinking about the what. So like, take a step back. And this came from our conversation with, Sarah from Flair is they didn't get bogged down in like, what is this product going to be that's going to fix women's safety? They just thought about the why of that problem really deeply. Like, Mm -hmm. what do they want the outcome to be? They want women to feel like they are more empowered to just live their life and they don't have to live in fear. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. so they have the really clear why. And then the what is kind of in the details. Like if you're not really clear on what that why is first, you're going to get just bogged down. And so I think it's like, take a step back and think about what the why of your life is and like what you want a lasting impact to be. And then think about all the different ways that could bubble up to that. Yeah. I love it. That's well said. Yeah. Well said and words to live by. Yeah. And this is obviously a different episode format for us. We're just kind of chatting so we would love to hear if this is actually something you liked listening to that would be really cool um and if not like let us know what else you'd like to hear about because I think we're still like we're still early days of this podcast and we're still trying to figure out you know what kind of content will really resonate with our audience so let us know I think the biggest thing we wanted to take away from this episode is just like it's normal to be questioning everything in your life especially in your 20s especially in a pandemic and yeah let us know let us know if it was helpful yeah totally a little feedback goes a long way and anything we can do to experiment change up this content do different types of interviews we are totally game exactly yeah so like we said hope this was hope you took something away hope you enjoyed listening um we'll be back to you next week with guest content again And in the meantime, we love ratings and reviews if you do like our content. And yeah, until next week, have a beautiful week. See you then.